0: Hello and welcome to the Andyplex. I'm your host, Andy Majorano, and this is episode 22, Dirty Work Podcasts Done Dirt Cheap. The 1998 comedy starring Norm MacDonald, Artie Lang, Jack Warden, and Chevy Chase, Dirty Work, is one of my all-time favorites. It's... Hilarious. I've seen it probably about 25 times, seeing it first at 14 years old in 1998 when it first came out in theaters for a birthday party. I'll get into the story in the episode, but this piece is super special to me. And it also stars the late comedian Norm MacDonald, as I said, but also directed by the sadly now late comedy legend giant Bob Saget to help me mourn and process and just honor these two incredible man, And to look at this film and its place in comedy history, I wanted to bring in my stand-up comedian friend and also frequent co-host of the Andyplex, the hilarious, the incredibly knowledgeable, Adam Ferberg. Welcome back, Adam.
1: Hey, Andy. Thanks for having me on the show. It's good to, good to see you. Good to hear from
0: you. Thank you, as always, for carving out some time for me, and always love having you on the show. And uh, glad we get to hang out. I know we're in another spike here. Stupid coronavirus. Yeah, good old Omi. Good old
1: Omi. <laughs> Mr. Mr. Kron, as we'll call him.
0: Mr. Mr. Kron is back, baby, and he's yeah. not welcome. But hopefully, he'll go away soon.
1: Yeah, I, I I'm gonna be perfectly honest. I'm definitely taking this like way more seriously than other people because I have a little baby. You know, he's not vaccinated and just not taking any chances. We've been exposed more than one time already, and it sucks. And it's crazy how much we have to like take it seriously again. But I know. Hey, we're doing what we got to do and that's just how it is right now and we'll it'll hopefully it'll clear up and we'll get back to things normally here soon.
0: Absolutely. And you know what? The Zoom recording which we learned because of the pandemic learned how to do it. You actually taught me how to do it. It works great. It sounds great. Feels like you're in the room with me. We didn't have to drive. Um, if we want to sip on some alcohol, we can cuz we don't have to drive.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
0: so the all well, you, there know, are advantages. you know, it-
1: we could always just record the car and sip on alcohol in there, too. Have <laughs> Let's go to your... Uh, I'll see you at your
0: car. Five minutes. Yeah,
1: right. <laughs> no, don't even record in the house. Just record in the just car. In just in the car. sound audio. The horrible audio, ad drinking and driving. It's great. We're going to have a good time.
0: <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. Well, yes, you are a father. Very, very exciting. Congrats again yeah, to you and Rachel. Yeah, thank you. Elliot is beautiful. I, I follow him on uh, social media. <laughs> He's six months on Friday, which is crazy. Six months on Friday! Oh my goodness, yeah. already?
1: Yeah, it's nuts. It's crazy, dude. I can't believe wow. that much time has passed. He's gonna be voting soon. It's weird, I know, right? <laughs> he can be drafted. Um, he'll. Uh, <laughs> it's crazy how to think that because, like, you know, again with the with the recent Omicron surge, we've had to kind of be a little bit more careful than maybe than most others, just because of his status and, but. That's also I've also been off work that time, so I've been really just very, very hands on. So in a weird kind of way, I'm almost grateful that this is going on because now I really just get to focus on him and Rachel and, and Fritzy, our dog, and just kinda of be at home right now, which is which is nice slow down for us and for me for sure.
0: Yeah, so you're wearing your crew um, hoodie right now. Looks oh hard. yeah.
1: Yeah, this is our gift from last season, the Let's
0: Make a Deal hoodie. Let's Make a Deal. So you're a, you're a producer on Let's Make a Deal. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And yeah. Uh, you just wrapped up your season, like you said. You're on you're on a little hiatus now. Yes, yes. We, we finished, um, I believe this was season 13. This was my
1: fourth season on the show. My third wow. as a producer, my fourth season total. Cool.
0: So Well, congrats on another yeah. one. That's exciting. Thank
1: you. Thank you very much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm pumped about that. So
0: I was just going to say, we talked a little about what you did on the last episode, but would you want to just give us a nice little refresher on uh, a little bit of yeah. your responsibilities and tasks? Totally.
1: So on, let's make a deal. I'm a producer on the show. I um, I put together a lot of the prize packages that you see because this is a very prize heavy show. You know, some shows are all about money. Like, would you say you make? Uh, would you say you make deals? <laughs> I put together the deals that are made on the show. Let me put it let me put it that way. I don't necessarily make the deals. I make the deal for the deal. I make the deal for the deal. Let's make a deal about making a deal. Yeah, the deal make the deal. You know what I mean? I, that's right. I go in for that first deal, I make that deal before the deals gets dealt. That was and, the original uh, name of the
0: show, but they just were like, let's let's truncate it. Right. <laughs> it's a deal let's about making make a, deal let's
1: deal a deal. For be- a deal, for a deal, and then, deal, and then a deal, and then the deal, and, go there, and then you gotta go there and then you to do a deal. And you have to do it in that voice. <laughs> Right. Uh, no, yeah, it's um, I put together the price packages in the shows, and then um, I handle all of our car vendors too. So I get all the vehicles that begin on the show, which has uh, been kind of crazy this last season. We had this um, these special episodes called Fabulous Car Fridays, where we have to get like luxury cars, when we play every Friday on the show. So that it added a new layer to it, which made it more interesting. It was a little bit more difficult, but it definitely made it more interesting for me. So it was kind of
0: an interesting season. Total. Yeah, the automotive world right now is uh, all a, all in a tizzy. Yeah. Everything's crazy. Yeah.
1: That everything just... is held up because of supply chains and stuff. And yeah, yeah. it's kind of nuts right now. But hopefully that thing that that subsides as the years come on and, and things get a little bit better in terms of the pandemic and what that does to shipping and
0: everything. We'll see. Yeah. If you see any we'll good see. deals, let me know. I'm, I'm actively uh, car hunting now. Oh, okay, very cool. Very slowly, very slowly. I have an e bike that gets me around most most places. It has a basket on the back of it. There you go. You yeah. sit in it while someone else drives pedals. Oh yeah, I sit in the basket. Yeah. Right. And then All I right. play the music from Wizard of Oz. <laughs> With a little which flute.
2: Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. Alright, well, this episode has had some twists and turns and some evolutions. You and I have wanted to do another episode for a while. We're always talking about it. We're obsessed. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Naturally, we wanted to do another Star Trek movie because we did First Contact last year. That episode was right. fantastic. That was uh, just about a year ago, hot off the hot off the Capitol Riot, which was ringing in our ears at the time. Still hard to believe. It's mm. been a year now. Um, still thinking about it. But... Uh, we wanted to do Star Trek VI because it's a, it was in its thirtieth anniversary last year. It just turned thirty at the end of twenty twenty one, at coming out at 91, mm-hmm. 1991. So, but in lieu of the passing, recent passing of comedy giant, comedy and TV giant, Bob Saget, R I P, sixty five years old. We lost him last week on the ninth. Um, he died. Uh, in Orlando, Florida, which where he was been residing for a while, and um, you actually, as soon as he passed, you said, "Hey, man, I know we're gonna do Star Trek Six, but uh, you want to do dirty work?" Yeah,
1: I wanted to cover that film.
0: Yeah, and I and I can't believe you said it because I think we were having another telepathy moment, as you and I often have many. Uh, we're often the same zeitgeist together. <laughs> so zeisty, so geisty, so geisty. So, uh, we had already been reeling from the loss of Norm MacDonald in September, and uh, I actually had been meaning to watch Dirty Work again, so it was already, like, up in in my brain, and it's it's one of my favorites, one of my favorite comedies, and um, so anyway, I was literally like, yes, let's do it. So, I'm really pumped that we can kind of process some of our grief in a constructive uh, way, and, and talking to you is always very therapeutic for me, so... Thank you. Of course. Thank you. I feel the same way. Awesome, man. Yeah, so anyway, you're a comedian, as well as you're you know, you're a producer on Let's Make a Deal, but you're a comedian, you've done plenty of stand up, you've been doing it for a long time. You've always mm-hmm. kind of been my my stand-up liaison. Liaison <laughs> Les incompetents. Les incompetents. <laughs> Kevin, I'm gonna feed you to my tarantula. <laughs> anyway, a different. Buzz, your girlfriend. Woof. Woof. I feel like you know a lot more about Bob and Norm than I do, but I do know some. I've done a little bit of homework. But let's talk about these two comedic titans that we've recently lost and why we love them so much and why we want to honor them. And then we'll go into dirty work. What do you say? Okay. Does that sound good?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, well, we could start, you know, we lost uh, Bob. Last week, January 9th, 2022. Very sad, very sudden. He was doing shows in Orlando, Florida. And, um, you know, he's one of those people where, like, even the staff at the hotel were sad that he had passed away. Like, obviously, you know, you lose someone, it's a sad thing. But there's... What happens in show business? How often does this happen where someone ascends to a certain level and they're complete dicks to everybody No one wants to have anything to do with them. Um, For uh, the staff at a hotel, like routinely abused people like hotel staff to lament the loss of a customer, it really just goes to show, just like even on a very base interactive level, how good of a person Bob Saget was. Um, Yeah. He'd been been in LA, I think, since the 70s doing stand-up, working at the comedy store. And he was... One of Mitzi Shore's uh, favorite comedians, as far as I know. And, she, yeah, it, we, if you ever go back and watch his young comedian special, which was an old Rodney Dangerfield show that he used to produce every once in a while for HBO, he would host comedians at his comedy club in New York. And Bob was one of those guys that Rodney just took to and liked him a lot and got him. And, and he's just he's just one of those people, man. He was hilarious. He was really, really just a kind person. Um. Pete Davidson shared a story through one of his friend's social medias that said that when they first met, you know, Bob did everything he could to help him out with his. Um, he had a lot of mental issues, obviously, and Bob was on the phone with his mom all the time, just doing like that's that's the kind of person he is. Other comedians appreciate the support that he gives them. Hotel staff laments the the loss of him. He's just universally loved, and then on top of that, he was a brilliantly funny. I I uh, took the time to rewatch his um, HBO special from 2007, and um, around that time he was doing it? that. That ain't right. I think it's called. Yeah, right. Exactly, and it, it had come out about a year after the Aristocrats, which he also directed, and which is a great, another great, just a good
0: comedy uh, documentary. Yeah, about I feel like that really the... exploded. Um, a lot. I feel like stand up really exploded after that. For a while there, it did.
1: It was a big, yeah. It was right though. The premise, if you guys don't know, Aristocrats is it's this joke, and the idea is like it's just this the dirtiest possible joke you could possibly tell, and that's the whole idea. The basic bones is there's this family who has to show off this act for a a, a producer or a booker, and the, the the punchline is what do we call that joke? It's the Aristocrats, and the idea is to just make the family do the dirtiest, grossest shit you can think of. And that's the joke. And there's a whole documentary about it that Bob Saget directed it. And uh, that blew up. And so he got this HBO special. And I think around the time that he was touring with that, um, he was doing you know different uh, comedy clubs, colleges, wherever he could perform, theaters and stuff. And a buddy of mine got to interview him for his school's newspaper. And he shared the story about how um, Bob Saget basically admitted, listen, I'm not, and I can't believe he said this, because no one ever says this as a comedian. He actually said, here's the thing, I'm not actually that good of a comedian, I'm just just having a thing right now where I'm blown up, and that's it. But I just kind of do my thing, and that's it. And the fact that he expressed that much humility, and that much um, uh, just kind of self-awareness, no one does that. Absolutely no one in his position acts that way. Right. Um, so humble. Maybe Conan O'Brien, maybe. Maybe. Yeah. But Conan also still hosts a late night show. And when you host a late night show, you have a certain expectation for quality. And sometimes that expectation of quality leads you to be talking to your writers in ways where, like, you kind of have to show tough love. I just don't even think that, that bone is in Saget's body. Um Although, a really funny story about him, there's a community named Brian Scalero, who mm-hmm. is another great comic. Um, and he kind of felt... He was on a sitcom in the mid-2000s. And he w- felt like the sitcom really held him back creatively. It didn't really... express The character that he played really wasn't who he was on stage. And so that, that part of connecting with America, he felt like wasn't there. And so one time he saw Bob Saget at a, uh, a show... And he went to him and was like, hey, man, I'm on a sitcom right now, and do you ever feel like the, the, the writers just hold you back? And Bob said, who the fuck do you think you're talking to? Because <laughs> <laughs> when you think about, like, his stand-up persona, yeah. and you compare that to Full House, and you compare that to, um, to America's Funniest Home Videos, it's two different people. Absolutely. You know what I mean? But you also kind of have to know where the bread and butter is coming from. Don't be a dick. Just be kind of humble. And again, he could have been an asshole about it. He could have left the show after two years and thrown a fit. But he knew he had something good. He knew that he had something that was universally loved. And he always says that his favorite part about doing comedy is connecting with people and making them laugh and making them happy. And if that's what these characters could do, even though they differentiate from himself or his stage persona, he was still happy to do it. And uh, that's rare in this business, and that's rare with as much of a titan as him. And I'd call him a titan, dude. Like, the guy was a fixture on television for a decade.
0: Yeah. and Between uh,
1: up, Funniest Home Videos and uh, and Full House. Right. And Dirty Work was only made a year after he left videos. Right. That's how long he was on that show. Like, it it feels like it was ages after his first big run. It wasn't. It was, like, the next thing that he did. Yeah. You worked on that show, right? Uh, I worked for I worked for the digital wing of AFK, okay. so I worked on their YouTube channels and stuff. I didn't work for the actual TV show, but I worked I worked at Vindabone. I worked on their on their digital side and stuff for a few months. So you're
0: saying you hung out with Bob Saget daily and you guys had coffee? Right. Coffee. Yeah. He and I were best buds. We got
1: lunch. It was great.
0: <laughs> it's awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I also watched that and Right and I'd never seen it before, and um, I had seen a fair amount of his stand up, so I was aware of this kind of uh, Jekyll and Hyde mechanism and it's, you're referring to i
1: love i love the way that he structures that special
0: the first 15 to 20 minutes
1: you could tell is what he came up doing in stand-up which mm-hmm. is rapid fire right. rapid fire joke joke joke, joke 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 dirty stuff but also like not obviously dirty so that you like when he went dirty it was a big laugh the premise was rarely dirty. Mm-hmm. The punchline would be dirty so that it was an extra punch, which was smart. And then he went into some stories about hanging out with the crew and family and things like that. So the middle part kind of slows down a little bit, but it's still really funny. And because he's won you over, you're willing to give him that extra time to get to the funny parts. And then he ends it with some music. Yeah. Which is, that's how he stretches it from like 35, 40 minutes up until about that hour. to about able an hour. to stretch it out. Right, right, right. right. Which is just smart, you know. Just a great way because you're not going to top music. If you can play a song, you're not going to top the response because again, you're not necessarily going to get laughs all throughout the song because that's just not how the reactions work. But when you you finish the song and if it's good and you're confident playing it, you're going to get a standing ovation. So it's just a really well-structured special and I really enjoyed watching it very much.
0: Yeah, I agree. It was incredible and well said how we broke it down and and like you said, rapid fire in the beginning, get him on board. But mm-hmm. his whole th- kind of thesis statement was that doing family tel- television for so long, like you said, gave him. He was like, "I have Tourette's now." <laughs> he's like, "I gave myself Tourette's from doing all this family content, so I need to have this kind of, you know, release valve, which I use right. my comedy for." And right. and like you said, he folds you into his inner inner world. He he lets his uh, he lets his guard down or his shield down and lets you into his lets you into his. Well, world. he's also. You know?
1: there's something about him that's just very personable that like mm-hmm. everyone else can re- relate to it too um, uh, I, I was watching his other special recently and he I think he MC, he said that he emceed um, uh, Roddy Dangerfield's funeral. And I believe he, I'm not 100% sure, but I believe he emceed Mitzi Shore's funeral. I'm not 100% on that, now that I'm saying it out loud. But I, Mm -hmm. and then he, I know he officiated a friend of mine's wedding too. So like, there's something about him where it's like, he's more than just everyone's TV dad. And he's, he's, um, and he's, you know, a comedian for sure. And a brilliant one at that, but he's also a brilliant host. Like just a very good at welcoming people in and letting them just kind of be like think about it. Like I wouldn't necessarily say that he was the he was the main character of Full House, but he really wasn't. I'd say the daughters were the main characters. He was more the host. I would say that he hosted the show. He welcomed everybody in. Sure, he got top billing, but I believe that the the kids were the the primary sources of a lot of the stories. And then, um, and then obviously with Home Videos, he was a host and just. The guy is so layered and so talented and can do so many things. Yeah. What and a that's loss. Just what nice. a loss to lose him. Right. What a yeah. blow.
0: Yeah, no, I th- I think like you said the way he sheds his uh sheds his shield becomes more of a humble guy, lets you into his world. Mm-hmm. Uh right. and that mechanism plays out in his stand up, it plays out when he's hosting, it plays out and there is just something about when he passed it just felt like we lost a friend, you know. it, it didn't just feel like another celebrity that right. You know, obviously that we respect and look up to, but it does feel like our our dad from the 90s kind of left us, you know, because mm-hmm. he had that mentality and he had that persona. Um, but I love that he was also layered in that. He said, oh, okay, I did this for too long. now I have to blow up some steam. But even when he's making the dirty, raunchy comments. He always says, no, I'm just kidding. No, that's terrible. Right. You know what I mean? There's an element of it like being like him judging himself immediately.
1: I was watching him on uh, Carson. He did like a segment on Carson uh, just on YouTube. And he did this gag where he brought in like silly looking baby photos. And he tried to say that they were all baby photos of the different guys in the show. And he does one of Ed McMahon. And there's a baby with a a beer bottle next to him. (laughs) And he actually turns to Ed and said, are you offended? Like, he was scared for a brief moment that he had offended Ed McMahon. Yeah. And it was legitimate. And and he played it, like, it got a laugh. Him saying that got a laugh. Because that's just, it was hilarious and he's a funny person. But... I think
0: he genuinely was concerned that he had hurt Ed McMahon's feelings as well. Right. It's like Bob Saget, the comedian, made the joke, got the laugh, and then Bob Saget, the human, who underneath is like, oh, my God, I, I love everybody. Hold on, Ed. <laughs> yeah, yeah. it's like, are you, are the last cool thing I want to do is, uh, you know, ruffle any feathers right here.
1: Right. And that's, um, that's a big part of who he is. And I think that's what makes him different from a lot of his contemporaries, too. A lot of people don't care. And not that he doesn't care. He's going to say it. But uh, he does... Like he wants to make sure that you're like not actually pissed at him.
0: Yeah. Which I like. Right, right. There was always that moment where it was like, now I'm just kidding. Like it's like, oh I've slept with right. all the I've slept with all the women in the audience and then it gets like a huge laugh and then right. and then he's like, Oh, I'm just kidding, you know, or whatever. <laughs> oh, I'm, I'm just kidding. kidding. No, right, just right, about, right, right, just right. about half you guys. And then I'm like and then it's like right. another joke. <laughs> yeah, and there's always every time no matter what he's doing, like you're saying, all all the hats that he wore, hosting, mm-hmm. T V dad, stand up, it always just felt like he grounded himself back in that humble, loving, yeah. open,
1: there was There was yes. something about him where there was very, not necessarily no ego. You have to have some ego to do what he does, especially oh, at the yeah. level that he did it at. But there certainly wasn't a level of humility that went with it too. Right. That's rare for someone at that
0: status. Yeah. No, for sure. <clears throat> and what a, you know, oh man, what a what a loss. It's really sad. and I'm really glad you wanted to do this and, uh, just to process some of this because yeah, it's, it's still hitting me. It's we were just reeling from Betty white. Not long before what, like mm-hmm. a week and a half before that. Right. 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 Uh, it was right at the end of the year. Um, uh, I think so. Yeah. Like right before new years. Yeah. We were like, damn you 2021, leave us alone. It's like mm-hmm. one more claim before it turned 2022. So I usually say like, what happens in threes, we, you know, yeah. we'll lose people in yeah, Sydney
1: Poitier right after that. Sydney Poitier. Boston, yeah. Yeah.
0: yeah. Who was much older though? I mean, even though Betty White, you're like he was 99, you're still like you're not allowed to die.
1: Well, that's what's so weird about Betty White is that there were so many magazines planning like hundred birthday. Oh yeah, things. she was
0: about to be a hundred in what a week or two. Yeah, and
1: I think it was People Magazine put out the hundredth birthday issue because they'd done it and like they I, had already know, it. Oh. they'd already done it. They'd already the the plan was for it to be released, and I think I, and again, part of me thinks Betty White probably even said, "Listen." Even if the unthinkable happens, I want you to release it anyway. Because everyone's like, why would people do this? Why would people do this? And I'm like, probably because Betty White said so. I'm just putting that out there. Yeah. I'm pretty sure they had an understanding that, like, she's like, listen, put it out anyway, regardless. Oh, At least I hope so.
0: Wish we could have made 100 with her. Our... Darn it. Anyway. I know. But yeah, Sydney Portier was, what, 90, I'll say 94? 95 or 96 or something like yeah, that. Yeah, well, wow, yeah. He was up there too. But he Bob Saget, sixty five, we just total out of the blue. You know, I mean, you never know. We're all on the clock. It's a reminder that we all have to. Right, there is no. You guarantees. never know, man. Yeah.
1: And again, like there is, there is nothing. Nothing happened. The guy just didn't wake up. Yeah. You know what I mean? It, which is just horrible to think about that it. it can go that that easily. There is not. I mean, you are reeling from something like a pandemic, and you are trying to stay like healthy and away from people, and masks on and distancing and everything, and. Mm-hmm. And, and the, sometimes it just doesn't matter, you know, it's yeah. just your
0: time is your time and it sucks. Ugh, it's terrible. But uh, I want to give a shout out to my buddy, Bill Shahan, whom, you know, he was literally at, um, he saw him on January 7th in Orlando.
1: That's one of the shows that he did.
0: Holy jeez! Yeah. He saw the second to last show two days before Bob didn't wake wow. up. So. Wow. Wow. Yeah, I remember oh I saw God. I saw Bill over the holidays. Uh, sh- again, shout out, thanks for the birthday dinner. We went to my favorite pizza place in Delaware. Oh, hey, Bill. Bill's good people. Yeah, Bill's great. I know, Bill. Yeah, hopefully he's coming out to L.A. once this Omicron settles down a little bit. But he went down to Orlando. He goes down there to work and, and, and play, mm-hmm. and uh, he, he loves going to shows. And he went and saw Bob, and as soon as I found out Bob had passed, he, he texted me with his ticket to see Bob on the seventh, which was two days again, two That's days before insane. I know. Well, I'm glad Bill got to see him. I know. I was like, wow, I'm you literally at least happy that Bill got to see him. But yeah, I know vicariously living through him right now. Cause man, anyway, but yeah, what a blow. Um, but, uh, he only made, he only made a couple of like actual feature films. He did, he did some docu stuff, uh, obviously did mm-hmm. a lot of TV and, um, but dirty work, what a tremendous accomplishment. An
1: all-time classic. An all-time just gag, 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 great line, great line, great visual gag, followed by a funny line, followed yeah. by a funny scene, followed by some good characterization, more gags. I mean, I was always hoping everybody... for a
0: sequel, always hoping for a sequel, but apparently it didn't do the box office numbers. In my mind, it was this gigantic, powerful hit, and everyone loved it. Here's the thing. Did you... okay?
1: Be honest. Did you know that Dirty Work existed in 1998? So, I did. Um, I did not. I did not, and I'm going to be perfectly honest. I'm part of the problem. I did not know. Now, here's the thing. I was an avid SNL watcher in the 90s. Mm -hmm. And Norm is the best Weekend Update host ever, as far as I'm concerned. No one comes close. So, Norm MacDonald, brilliant stand-up comedian, and we'll, we'll get into his career in just a second, but... Uh, He was on SNL at the time. And he eventually got fired from... He got moved off of uh, hosting Weekend Update. And I think eventually fired off the show. Because he would make a lot of O.J. Simpson jokes. He loved doing O.J. Simpson jokes and wouldn't stop. And eventually there was a... Excuse me. An executive at NBC named Don Olmeyer. Who was friends with with, uh, O.J. And wanted him to stop making OJ jokes. And so Don, uh, what, what did uh, Norm do? He doubled down. <laughs> sorry, started Telling more OJ jokes. That's Norm and, for and you. And so Donald Meyer got him fired. And it was Donald Meyer's job to promote the movie. Like he's the one who determines what gets uh, promoted on, on his network. What ads to play. And he wouldn't play ads for... Uh, dirty work and why won't you play an ad for a guy who works for your network on one of your top shows. So he contributed to the lack of marketing big time for Dirty Work. They wouldn't they wouldn't promote it on NBC. Yeah. Which is how do you get someone to go to a movie starring one of your stars? I know such a You promote it on your network. It's just so obvious, but because of that it absolutely hurt it. And I didn't hear I didn't know that Dirty Work existed until I was in college. So I got a year I saw it years later and then, as soon as I saw it, I bought myself a copy on DVD. <laughs> I was like, "This is a masterwork." You are like, "How did a, I miss this?" this is a classic. Yeah. How did I miss this? And now I know why I missed it. But um, yeah, as soon as I saw it, I laughed from start to finish, and then I went and I bought a copy of it.
0: I yeah. think That day. Ah, oh, so cool. Yeah. So I have a funny. I have a funny story as to how I first saw it, and I, I first saw it originally right when it came out, and. Um, I was at a birthday party for my dear friend, Mike Dumas, and uh, another shout out. I'm going to shout out some Delaware folks from back in the day. I was 14 years What's old. What's up, What's up, Mike? And then also my dear friend, uh, Guy Stewart, who Guy really had his ear to the comedy scene more at that point. We were 14 years old. He was already watching Late Night. I remember going over to his place again watch Conan O'Brien. He loved Conan. He loved Letterman. Mm-hmm. He loved Leno. He, lo- You know, he would he would be like, oh, my mom lets me stay up and watch all this stuff. And he was really already savvy and privy to all this stuff. Loved SNL. Loved sketch comedy. UCB. The whole thing. Our Prince's Brigade had the show at the time. Kids in the Hall. You name it. He loved all of it. And he got me into it. And we're sitting around in Mike's basement. And we're having pizza because it's his birthday party. So he had just turned 14. So this would have been, uh, yeah, summer, right? Like June mm-hmm. of... Uh, 98 and it was like all right we're gonna go to the movies after dinner what should we see and we literally Mike being the amazing diplomat and uh nice guy he is like put it up for a vote and I remember it was like deep impact deep impact we gotta go see deep impact and I literally was like we're definitely gonna go see deep impact it's the hot movie right now I remember I just seen Godzilla and I was all about seeing big spectacle movies in the theater. I still am. I usually, like, lean towards going to see big movies in the theater. And I completely got swallowed up because Guy was like, what about this movie Dirty Work? And I was like, Dirty Work? What the hell is that? I've never even heard of this movie. <laughs> and then my other buddy, Mike Mullaney, also a big comedy guy, was like, oh, yeah, Dirty Work. Oh, we got to go see that. And then before I knew it, my Deep Impact campaign was in the weeds.
2: <laughs>
0: and uh, I remember... More of a... Uh... More, more of a shallow,
1: more of a shallow
0: feeling. <laughs> it was a shallow impact that I left. All right. Well, it was one of those happy accidents because I remember, and I remember so vividly being grumbly and being like, all right, fine. It's not my birthday party, but whatever. You know? <laughs> and being like, you know, begrudgingly. yeah, my choice. Yeah, and just kind of being like, all right, I guess I'm going to see this movie I'd never even heard of. I don't even know anything about it. And I'll never forget, as soon as it opened... And Norm McDonald gets like, as a kid, gets like chucked into a dumpster, and it's the first of like the twenty <laughs> dumpster that gag chuck is shots. so
1: good and so yeah. used so often it's so funny. It's
0: so funny. Like people through <laughs> windows, people throwing out of doors. I mean, I, I think I counted like twelve or thirteen throughout the whole movie, and it's only like an eighty-four minute movie, you know. So you do the math. That's so.
1: Which, by the way, that's how long a movie should be. That's
0: how long every movie should be. It's so that's perfect. how long.
1: No, ninety minutes is perfect. You don't get. You don't have time to
0: get sick of it. Mm-mm. Well, anyway, I'll never forget seeing to, to a Packed House at this theater in Delaware. It was packed with people our age. Old, I, I remember just being like, wow, everybody's here. Like, And huge laughs. I thought the movie in my brain was, was a massive, gigantic hit. Everybody loved Dirty Work. And I remember coming home being like, Dirty Work, Dirty Work, Dirty Work. And then I remember renting it, and then Gianni, my brother, we'd rent it. And it was one of those movies that we never owned, but we rented, like, 15 times. We probably yeah. should have bought it, yeah. you know? Uh-huh. So, anyway, I got it on the ground floor on this movie. And I remember <laughs> I, I, didn't, I didn't realize it was directed by Bob Saget until later. Um, mm. And then it's not really peppered throughout. Like, it's not like Bob Saget movie, a Bob Saget film. Like, it doesn't really ram it over the head about right, right, how right. it's Bob Saget. But later, I was like, oh, my goodness, it makes total sense that this is Bob Saget. And then that same year, we got a uh, half-baked. We got to see mm-hmm. him be the, uh, yeah, you ever suck dick from marijuana? Dick for coke. Yeah, you ever, <laughs> yeah. And he's like, again, really like, oh, who's this lewd version of Bob I think it, that was maybe the intro to a lot of people of this kind of lewd version right. of him. Right.
1: His stand-up persona as opposed to everything else.
0: His stand-up persona. But yeah, the movie, I, I looked it up, and the movie was delayed. Uh, Substantially It was shot in 96 Because if you look Chris Farley Mm. It's it's credited as Chris Farley's last film Right Uh, So they shot it in 96 And then Like you said They had all these problems And it got delayed And it got delayed And then it finally Saw the light of day in 98 So it really It had its It had its problems And then It didn't recoup Its budget unfortunately But Mm -hmm. now Over syndication Over time Has become a cult classic It's It's a cult classic Everyone Everyone who sees it Loves it yeah, yeah. I, everyone knows it now. And then everyone's like, oh, did sure. you know it was directed by Bob Sagan? I'm like, yeah, I actually did know that. <laughs> Is the sky blue? Yeah. So anyway, that's cool you had a later bloom and I, I was in on the ground floor. But again, if it weren't for that birthday party and those friends, I would have gone and seen mm-hmm. deep impact in the theater that day. And it would have been a whole different timeline. This other version of Andy, I don't care. To meet, <laughs> I would have become a horror There actually movie. would have been a deep impact. Yeah, yeah. Like, like an actual dead. meteor would have hit the earth. we would yeah. all be dead. Yeah, yeah. It's a very dark timeline. I don't really want to talk about it. Let's stick to this one. Mm. No. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, all right. Before we dive more into dirty work, uh, I want to interview you a little bit about uh, Norm MacDonald because I feel like you know more about him um, I've been a big fan of him since 98 when I saw it I remember seeing his uh, all of his ill-fated sitcoms That never seemed to get off the ground Yeah um, He's kind of this tragic figure Where like you said he, he seems to be within the comedy community People love him I feel like most of the time people love him The Weekend Update He's often credited with being the best Weekend Update Because of his mm-hmm. amazingly powerful dry delivery Which doesn't always equate in other arenas Right Dirty Work's hilarious. But it was
1: by far the best part of the show, too. It yeah. Was, it, his segments were always the best part of Saturday
0: Night Live. Always. Absolutely. I couldn't agree more. I I, I think if, if it weren't for Dirty Work, I probably wouldn't have been turned on so early because mm. he is kind of hard to kind of wrap your head around sometimes. I'm like, is he being serious? Right. Is He He but kind of breaks the fourth was, wall a lot.
1: I think Norm was actually a lot more talented than most of the other um, Weekend Update hosts, not because of how good he was at Weekend Update, but also how good he was throughout the rest of the show. He can actually do impressions. His Burt Reynolds is oh an all-time classic. Like uh, his segments on um, those those celebrity family feuds with Will Ferrell are absolutely brilliant. And you know when you think of the other Weekend Update hosts, Kevin Nealon can do characters. I'll, I'll take that back. Kevin Nealon can do some characters, but now Norm was on a different level. Norm is just on a different level. Great performer, good with with new comedians. Um, he had a variety of the, the those online talk shows were great, were so good. It's Norm show or yeah. um, Norm Macdonald Live, stuff like that. And then, yeah, I know the Norm show back on Fox didn't last too long, but even that had some funny stuff to it. But God, just oh, it's hilarious. Yeah, he's just so good. His, his stand-up special's great. Um, even that weird hint to how he had cancer and no one knew it because he didn't make it a big deal at all. But he's like, you know, what cancer doesn't beat you? It just uh, no one loses to cancer because you know cancer also dies. So therefore, it's a draw. And uh, I always like that. That's great. I always like that joke. That's awesome. So, um, yeah, he's just one of those titans, man. And don't don't get you wrong, Norm Macdonald is a titan. He's a big fucking deal. Yeah, and uh, Canadian, right? Canadian from
0: Montreal. Yeah, from Montreal. A lot of kids, Can- which a is lot funny because that's Canadians. one of the
1: first. That's one of the first lines in the movie is that the kid's walking away with his um, his uh, Canadians jersey,
0: right? Yeah, yeah,
1: in Dirty Work. Yeah, apparently he was a massive gambler, like dangerous oh, yeah? gambler. He gambled. He gambled big time money. Artie Lane was telling a story on some show where he would just. Well, oh, the story was one time they were in Atlantic City and he just took a wad of cash like hundreds or maybe even thousands of dollars, and threw it over the water. Wow. Because he knew he was going to throw it all anyway. He knew that if he didn't do that, he would lose it at the tables. Wow. But
0: either way, it was already gone. So better, better to, <laughs> better to have nobody win it and then him. <laughs> yeah. Interesting. Right. Well, that that's funny, because that's that parallel in Dirty Work with uh, Chevy Chase, whom we get some great scenes with. Right. Like, really, yeah, steals, yeah, yeah. really steals the scenes he's in, obviously. Uh, mm-hmm. And I remember... They put him on uh, second billing, which is kind of unfair to Artie Lang, in my opinion, because it was Norm Macdonald and, and Chevy Chase when I remember picking up the VHS. But Chevy oh, Chase yeah. being a giant name and all this, also another tie to SNL, so trying to capitalize on that, mm-hmm. doing whatever. Right, you can Artie did. Lang was probably the least
1: famous of the people on the sh- in the movie, even though he was he really was the second character.
0: Yeah, he so, really was. So Chevy Chase is like this gambler who uh you know he's also a surgeon and it's like if they can give him the 50 grand then they can save uh jack warden right uh get, get this him is the like heart transplant all
1: those snl movies have that that mechanism that device yeah that like they need the money right and how are they going to get the money how many of those like end of it's it's uh tommy boy it's uh happy gilmore you know it's the device the thing that they need
0: to do to save the family right and it it gives them that noble kind of undertone, that noble right underbelly right, to the right. horrible Happy things that they're was doing. a violent person who
1: loves his grandma. Norm right uh, just wanted to save his friend's dad, and you know, even though they're these, they these do these horrible things to other people, it's for a good cause. <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah, and like when the girl, and when they the deserve it. It's all about off. revenge. Yeah, yeah. When the girlfriend gets pissed off, so, but later she's like, oh, but he's doing it to save <laughs> his dad and. <laughs> It's kind of this orphan story. Men in black who like to have sex. (laughs) Oh yeah, Apparently that was different in the trailer. There was another thing.
1: Oh, I'm sure because it was so blatant in the... uh, Which, by the way, how often do you hear this where like half-baked was supposed to be much darker and then they ended up making it for children? Right. Dirty work is supposed to be darker and then they ended up kind of making it for children. Like Chevy Chase said that the original script was way darker. Yeah, and I'm thinking how often did this happen and uh, were, they, were they, they intended to make an even darker film than they ended up making and admittedly yeah. you know 14 year old selves we would have loved this stuff at that age you know um, yeah we were already six do, so. do you think we would have liked it if it had stayed dirty or remember there was a thing like in the mid 2000s where every film had an unrated version remember that like there would be the dodgeball unrated or wedding crashers unrated yeah. and that was a big selling point for the dvd is would it just be like that like would they not have altered all that much more just put in more gags and more like adult style humor or do you think that they would have made like wholesale changes to the scripts and they would have come out differently and it
0: doesn't compare to those unrated versions at all what do you think that's a really 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 good question and uh I, I know that even Groundhog Day that became the source of contention between. Uh, I mean, they didn't speak
1: for two. Yeah. You know, until Harold and Bill. was on his deathbed because of that. Yeah, yeah Harold they, and Bill
0: Murray. Yeah, like, yeah. Uh, and I, I can't see Groundhog Day being any better. And I think it hits the dark stuff really well enough. And I don't know. I I feel like with Dirty Work, um, knowing knowing Norman them and that kind of brazenness, and then bringing Bob on, I feel like mm-hmm. those guys. Maybe I'm grafting this narrative on them, but I feel like they had the guts to kind of swing, swing for the pitches that they wanted to swing for. Right. Um, so they probably just got a little, I think, my guess, and I don't know this, my guess is that they just kind of took some of the, the raunchier stuff out. Hmm. Um, but, I mean, you've already got like lines like, I've never seen so many dead hookers in all my life. You know, <laughs> Lord knows I have. Like, lines <laughs> like that stuck. You know, and I, I remember even in school just being like, dead hookers, <laughs> He was supposed to hookers. keep driving. <laughs> yeah, oh, my God. Yeah, when Artie Lang puts his butt out and moons the, the people in front of the theater. By the
1: way, by the way I didn't know David Kakner. I forget how long that guy's yeah. been around.
0: Me too. I I totally spaced that he was in this movie. He plays the car like, dealership I, I think um, of him, boss. I think of
1: Anchorman. That's the first time that I
0: really remember I him. Which but no, been, he was all the way back in the, in the 90s, dude, working. That was like five years later or six years later, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I know, I know. I guess that period of time feels longer to us because we were the difference between us being 14 and the difference between us being 20
1: and 20. And it feels like that feels like a lifetime. Yeah. That growth.
0: Well, you have a movie called Dirty Works, so you have a little bit of an obligation to get a little dirty. But I feel like the movie does it really well of grappling with the heartfelt scenes. And it's really kind of an underdog story about an orphan that turns out not to be an orphan. Right. Uh, No, there
1: is a lot of like relatability and humanity to it. You know, and it deals it deals with loss. The whole one of the premises of the film is loss. Mm-hmm. How much they keep losing, and how much they even people who suffer through stuff like that deserve a little bit of retribution.
0: Yeah, yeah, they've been kicked around, and they've just been kind of bullied, and they're like they're like the losers. And there there were so many movies like this that are are great. It's such a great archetype. It's such a, it's like hero's journey with Joseph Campbell, but you're with like these kind of outcasts <laughs> with, like <Dick> <laughs> with dick jokes with dick jokes. It's great. It's great. It's amazing. I mean no wonder it was my favorite movie, you know. <laughs> it was great. It's so it's just a good film. It really and like you said it deals with loss and uh, but also at every every chance to kind of make it fun and funny, they take all the archetypes and they kind of twist it. Like, okay, the the orphan father that he's trying to gain they're trying to save, Jack Warden mm-hmm. who is incredible in this movie, you know. So
1: fucking funny. You could have brought me a whore. Yeah, yeah, he's horny. <laughs> no one delivers lines like that. Absolutely no one. Best casting ever is Jack Warden as their dad.
0: Yeah, and you can't really get away with some of this now in the climate we're in. Um, but I felt like a lot of it was really just docile, and it wasn't meant to be like, all right, he's an old guy, you know what I mean? Like, whatever, he's he's flirting with the women. <laughs> I and mean, like when the nurse comes in, he's like, eh, you know, in the hospital. <laughs> But he's also kind of, like, mildly sexually assaulting, you know, Norm a lot. Right. You know, He's, like, grabbing his crotch and his ass, you know, and he, like, grabs his dick and, like, vices onto it. And he's like, Ugh. and then Norm's got the high <laughs> you voice. After. Have, don't <laughs> have children. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, you know, it works in the movie because you're in this kind of safe space of play, of comedy, of silliness. But I couldn't help mm-hmm. myself being like, oh, I don't know if I can even get away with this stuff anymore. Like, even though it's silly and fun, you know, dick grabs and whatnot. It's great. It's just hilarious. So I'm glad I'm glad the movie happened in the era that it happened in. Mm-hmm. Uh, For sure. You know, um, and I love that they're brothers in the end and that's kind of beautiful. But then there's also the rivalry. And uh The movie does really well
1: with positioning where the conflict's come from. Uh-huh. I think, you know, like it doesn't it doesn't over abuse something. It totally like, hey, if this happened, wouldn't someone have a problem with this? And the answer is always yeah, pretty much. But they don't overdo it, and also um, just shout out to uh, Shooter McGavin, uh, that actor whose name is
0: escaping me right now. Oh yeah, I got um, you. I got
1: you right here, Christopher McDonald. Christopher and, McDonald as oh, Travis
0: Cole, the so good millionaire like mogul. So good as villain. just a bad guy.
1: So this is yeah. He's he's like Rob Lowe in that he's been a bad guy in multiple um, SNL movies. Yeah, Bravo, I think was the bad guy in Wayne's World and in Tommy Boy, and now Christopher McDonald in Dirty Work and in Happy Gilmore.
0: Um, you know, you mentioned Billy Madison and Happy Gilmore, and yeah, where you know you're in this kind of '90s treadmill of like all this. You know, you see a lot of the same stuff, and like like you said, there's these like millionaire villains, and there's something so wonderful about just the squeaky cleanness of like the evil rich guy and the underdogs trying to trying to trump them. You know, basically. Like you said, with Tommy Boy and uh, Black Sheep, and, um, you know, this Black Sheep was the same year as Dirty Work. And you have, uh, like you said, um, Shooter McGavin. Uh, And then there was also James Downey, who, you know, I always think of in Billy Madison as, we're all now dumber for hearing that. And... uh, He, writer for SNL he was in dirty work in Billy Madison uh, he was in mm-hmm. there will be blood he's so funny you actually said he's related yeah. to a Robert Downey I had no idea' yeah,
1: Jim Downey he's
0: uh, Robert Downey
1: juniors uncle get out of here and he's worked he worked for SNL for years years and years and years like three decades Wow yeah long time long time guy he worked for Letterman he worked on um, uh, he he was actually in an episode of Curvy Enthusiasm and on Thirty Rock. Yes, yeah, you see him everywhere. Yeah, yeah, long time SNL contributor, Jim Downey. They call him one of the best political humorists to ever
0: live. So, I mean, yeah, and he's he's great work. on camera as well. He's a great actor, and you know, that, I think one of my favorite m- moments in Dirty Work is when he's going on about his like heartfelt story, and they're pushing in on him on the steps that are right in front of the building that they just got thrown out of because they've been fired by. By uh Shooter McGavin, you know. Right. Um yeah, I and what's a, the thing that breaks Travis it? Travis Cole, Chris. Yeah, he hands
1: him like five bucks or something. And he's like, Here's your two dollars <laughs> and he just like cuts him <laughs> off.
0: I mean that is one of the funniest moments. They like, they basically are like, Okay, we'll give you a dollar to go run around screaming. They're like, Yeah, I think you're looking for the more um crazy homeless guys, you know? And they're like, how about for two? And then it costs them just like running around screaming in the lobby like, ah. <laughs> <laughs> so the movie is great. And let's let's get into the mechanism of the movie because first things okay. first, I didn't know this. It is based off a Raul Dahl short mm-hmm. called Vengeance mm-hmm. is Mine, Inc. Did you know this? I did not.
1: That's something that wow. I
0: learned uh, prepping for the show. Yeah, same. I had no idea. It's a short It was published in the 1980 collection More Tales of the Unexpected by the late, amazing author, Ralph Dahl, who's obviously, you know, for BFG, Matilda, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. The big fucking guy. Big fucking guy, baby. The big fucking guy. But he wrote a short called Vengeance is Mine, Inc. Two young men, the narrator and his friend George, are lamenting their poverty and discussing the morning newspaper. In it, a society columnist named Lionel... Pantaloon gossips about prominent citizens. The narrator gets a brilliant idea. He recognized the people Pantaloon insults would like to punch him in the nose, but they're unable to because of the standing in position. He proposes he and George start a business performing such acts of vengeance for a price. I mean, so they took that kernel and then they kind of grafted onto this, like not, like you said, the '90s kind of style of. Uh, they need the money to save the dad. It's an orphan story about the two brothers that don't know their brothers, which is really fun. Right. But they're right. practically brothers anyway. They're best friends. They do everything together. They grew up together. Artie Lang and uh, Norm MacDonald There's together. There's a
1: moment, actually, at the very beginning when, like, it seems like a throwaway line, but it really contributes to a lot of the characters. Uh, when Artie's like, hey, you have a really nasty flap, but I think I can fix it for you. And then almost immediately is like, what, am I going to let my best friend sleep in his car? No, just come in. Stay with us for a while. Like, the character that already plays loves the character that Normus plays so much. They just love each other so much that like it seems like a throwaway line. Like if you went through a script, you could have easily just been like, hey, I have this kind of filler. We could lose that but, one. No, it, it really builds the characterization and really defines their friendship really well.
0: Have you it gives you that warm underglow, that warm glow underneath all the, the nasty things that they're doing. And the fact that they're motivated by needing to get the heart. Um, but obviously they're 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 screwing over the wrong people, and they end up getting manipulated by Travis Cole, played by Christopher McDonald, and mm-hmm. uh, and that's such a great way. And then the and then the the climax is them getting back and uh, using their powers for good to get back. Um, but I couldn't help but think this was you no know, to go back to Bob Saget, who was a comedian as well as a director and a host and whatnot. But it felt like. They're using their superpowers in this movie. Like they're they have they have this power where they can get back at people, and they can they have this ability. Sure, they get kicked in the bar by the by the frat boys, but then they they know how to like they're smart that they can afterwards like figure out how to get their revenge, mm-hmm. you know. And then they start to use that as a for hire, and then eventually use their powers for good. But it feels like this is a movie made by comedians for comedians, and it feels like their superpower is that they're really 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 funny you know, and they can come (laughs) up with brilliant (laughs) ideas.
1: They can deliver all of these jokes, these gags, these lines, these visual things so well and so fun. And yeah, I I can't recommend this movie enough for people.
0: Yeah, seriously. But there's even a gagginess in the way they get their revenge, like putting fish in things. And it always just feels like a punchline is being played on people. Like there's always a joke being played on you. It's not just revenge. It's like a gag or a joke being like played on you. Mm. And you're yeah, it's the like butt a of practical the joke. joke. It's a practical right. joke. So right. it's like the superpower to be a comedian to use to get back at people. <laughs> what a great hook to have your director who's a comedian, your lead, Norm Macdonald, mm-hmm. Artie Lang as your second lead. They're bringing in like Chevy Chase. Right. You know, uh, even John Goodman, you, appears in this movie at one point. You know, for a of, brief moment, but he's there. Yeah. For a brief moment. I mean, what a, what a lineup of actors. He plays here. the mayor. Yeah. What a what a what a cast! I mean, this is crazy. Mm-hmm. Uh yeah, David keckner as as the boss. Oh, uh, Don Rickles as Don Zorro. Rickles. Who was already so like eighty five at that point.
1: Yeah, <laughs> oh, no, the part where he laughed at his belly that was
0: really funny. <laughs> You'll be ripping tickets in Kuwait, <laughs> and everyone sucking sand. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's just and then. He, it's just the whole mechanism of like people are horrible and they say terrible <laughs> Look things. Look at you, you're you're swelling up while I talk to you. Look at you're you. swelling up <laughs> as I speak to you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was like, oh man, who who do we get to be these dick bosses that can get we can get revenge on, and give them these like rants and make them say terrible things? You know, like getting yeah. Don Rickles in there as the the, the mo- as the movie theater head. I mean, what a brilliant stroke! So good. So good. So funny.
1: And he <laughs> Nails it. Nails it. He absolutely nails it.
0: So don't you just feel like this is a comedian like expose like this is like such a yeah no this is this is a
1: movie made by comedians for sure for and comedians. It's just about how how to be funny but like you can't you can't just replicate this yeah but anyone who wants to get in this business anyone who wants to be a comedian and wants to star in a movie or make a TV show you have to watch dirty work you have to watch it it is homework. Uh, We are assigning it to you right now. Your homework this week from listening to um, uh, Andy Plex with Andrew Majorano and you guessed the uh, beautiful, sultry, buttery, smooth sounding Adam Ferberg. Everyone. (laughs) Absolutely. Um, Dirty Work is actually on HBO Max right now. We strongly advise you all to uh, take a moment and watch it because it is hilarious from the very beginning until the very end. It doesn't waste time. It doesn't miss anything. It is just great. Yeah. Take a look at it. Because, like, it, it it's, And if it's, it's been a, a while, good...
0: you need to watch it again. But there are even elements,
1: um, like the note to self thing, which was a gag that Norm incorporated in all of his um, uh, SNL bits. Oh, great. Right. It ends up in the script. So there's a lot of how to turn your act into something on screen in this it. film, too. Yeah. So it's not it's not just a comedy movie. It's a it's a movie that shows how a comedian puts some of his act into a film. Yeah. And that right there I think is just a big lesson. For I'm really glad you brought that up because that's such
0: yeah. a big part of, it's such a big part of the thing. And then when he ends up catching uh Shooter McGavin, sorry, Chris McGavin. And then it
1: ends up being a story device.
0: Yeah, he catches him saying a horrible thing. Mm-hmm. That uh, you know, he manipulated him and got him to do his dirty work. Right, <laughs> I guess I thought which I liked. taught you a thing or two about dirty work.
1: I'm glad that I this didn't. It ended up just being like a throwaway titular line. Line. It ended up being like the business was called Dirty Work. Yeah. So it ended up being more than that, which I like. Anytime they they sneak a, a like the titular uh, line into a movie, it always is a little cringy unless it's like a really big like if it wasn't called dirty work and it was just that one time that he said it it had been very much like i'm so tired of all these star wars <laughs> yeah exactly you know what I mean? <laughs> from
0: ucb yeah right the titular line yeah i love that sketch right was that matt walsh um right yeah 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 from uh uh upright again yeah yeah that's such a good one he's in the video store and he's like yeah i was in that movie man he has like star wars in his hand yeah yeah what I did had you the, oh what did, what did you uh, what part were you and he's like yeah i'm the guy who says God, I'm just so tired of all these Star Wars. <laughs> <laughs> or, oh, I have to get out of Africa. <laughs> <laughs> so funny. Anyway, um, yeah, no, I love that, you know, making it a personal uh, thing about his, his persona. I mean, you could tell there was some of his own. You have to incorporate some of your own self into these things, and that's what mm-hmm. grafts the story and the character onto it. And uh yeah, the note to self thing was so funny. Oh my god, what's my favorite what's your favorite note to self moment? Do you have do you have a favorite one from the, the movie? A favorite quote?
1: Um oh, it's easily the ant. Ant ant whatever is your aunt. act's yes. like he shoves his boobs
2: in his face. <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah. Once he realizes that uh Yeah. That means when uh you had sex with your sister, that means I was really having sex with my sister. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Ugh. Yeah, like, like, and then they just move on, <laughs> like wow, that's hilarious. I think my so favorite, good. my favorite is like when he's, uh, he's trying to find the part where Christopher McDonald ratted. Oh right, out. and there's something really gross. Yeah, he's time. like reminder to get wart cream for a giant wart on ass. <laughs> I literally, I can't tell you how many times I've sent that in a Venmo. You know, you can write in on the Venmo uh, what <laughs> right. it was for. I'm like, wart cream for a giant, wart, giant on wart on ass. Giant wart on ass. If you were like, what is that? For?
1: I know, why don't we have rough sex? <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, that's great. Yeah, my oh, uncle man.
1: told me you lost your job again. We should celebrate by having rough sex.
0: And I feel like that was kind of hot off the Home Alone too. to kind of circle back to Home Alone, where you had the talk boy. Mm-hmm. You know, and there was this kind of yeah, people yeah, yeah. love those little recorders for a while. They were hot. Mm-hmm. Now you can just do it on your phone. Right nowadays, right. Note to self. Yeah, you can do it on your phone. <laughs> what is it? What is it about Norm MacDonald that makes him so funny? If you had to, I, I know like funniness is such an elusive kind of thing, and it's like hard to break it down in a lab and, and quantify it and all that. But for you, Adam, you're a stand-up comedian, hilarious comedian, by the way. Everyone, check out your stuff oh, online. Thanks. Uh, King, of the, King of the Jews was the streaming funniest. everywhere. Oh my god. King of the Jews, check it out online. It's 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 a full hour, right? Yeah, 45 minutes. 45 minutes. So funny. I've listened to it several times. Hilarious. You're amazing. Oh, thanks, man. Thank you. But um, uh what about what, what about makes, it for Norm? It makes him just so damn funny. What what do you, if you I mean, first of all, out. it's the voice. The voice yeah. helps. He has right. a very
1: unique sounding voice that I think accentuates what, everything that he says mm-hmm. and um from there he's just he's believes every word he says he is who he is he's not trying to hide anything whereas like we talk about how bob has personas he had the hosting persona he had the dad persona he had the stand-up persona and these were mm-hmm. all different elements of bob and that's what made him great what makes norm great is that that's who he is all the time he's not going to be anything else he's not going to be anything different if you tell him not to do something he's going to do it more right he and there's no that. way around it there's no way around it for him he that there's is a the rebel there's a rebellion element like andy kaufman
0: kind of style with right
1: Robert. right 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 but that's that's who he is that's norm all the time yeah and there's, there's that's how you know like it, that's that's how he's genuine You know what I mean? Yeah. He's just, he's the most, one of the most believable comedians to ever live.
0: Yeah, wasn't he like thrown off a couple times off SNL just because he like wouldn't ever back down? And he just stayed. That's
1: why thats why he got, he lost um, uh, Weekend Update and eventually got fired from the show was because uh, he wouldn't stop doing OJ jokes. Right. His commitment. He wouldn't stop. Right. And so, yeah, and not only did he lose his job, but they wouldn't promote dirty work, which is why I never heard
0: about it. That's right. That's right. We already talked about that. Yeah. No, I mean, so, what, a, what a rebel in the end. Like, you know, comedy mm-hmm. is comedy is an expression, as you know, and I think it's it's kind of a poignant thing where, like, on one ear, like, oh, don't shoot yourself in the foot, Norm. God, I don't want to see you flourish. Mm-hmm. But then it's like, he was himself to the bitter end, you know. That's,
1: that's one of the reasons why he was as successful as he is. If he had copped out and kept his job, maybe he wouldn't be remembered as well. And frankly, maybe he wouldn't be as funny. Maybe the next thing he came up with wouldn't be as great because he wouldn't yeah. even have to come up with something new. You know, so there's an element where, yeah, you're shooting yourself in the foot, but, you know, maybe you, you just needed a
0: new foot. Right. I love that. And, and that's what Norm was always kind of going Yeah, he doesn't seem strike me as the kind of guy who would stick around just for the paycheck or, uh, no. you No, know. and he doesn't
1: really stick around for things for long anyway. I mean, he, when you look at his career, he kind of bounces around from thing to thing, and that's a very comedian-esque way to look at things. Yeah. You know, you don't even, you don't even stay in town for more than a few days before you have to go to the next town to do your thing.
0: What was his first job? Wasn't it a writer on... Um... Roseanne. Ro- is that right? Mm-hmm. It was Roseanne in yeah, something Barb else? Was one of their first... Wow.
1: Maybe it was something else, but I know he started out... One of the things he started out with was Roseanne. And he um, left that to go to, to SNL.
0: Yeah, I think you're right. I think it was Roseanne, and there's one other thing. Um, him a- oh, Dennis but Miller. A... Dennis Miller.
1: Yeah. But she's a big fan. Roseanne is a big fan of, of Norm's.
0: Yeah. <clears throat> so thanks to Roseanne and Dennis Miller we got, This guy got to give, get a shot and then, uh, and then he got an SNL And then apparently um, Lorne Michaels really liked him and, and gave him a shot
1: Yeah yeah so, no, Lorne always protected him
0: I mean as much as he could right. Lorne would
1: never fire him It was never his choice But you know, in the end uh, Lorne as powerful as he is Has bosses
0: Yeah that's true
1: So nothing you can do about that Everyone's got a boss
0: even God has a boss. <laughs> um, man, yeah. Super God. Yeah, early in his career, McDonald's first work in television included writing for such comedies as Roseanne and Dennis Miller. And then mm-hmm. he was hired as a writer and cast member on SNL, spending a total of five seasons on the series, included anchoring the show's Weekend Update for three and a half years. After being fired oh. from SNL, he wrote and starred in the 1990 film. So he's hot off that, like you said, writing to dirty work. Right. Which, by the way, if you look at the timeline,
1: dirty work was being made while he was still on the show. It came out after he got fired. Right, it got pushed. Yeah. Right. Right, right, right. So,
0: just incredible careers from both Bob and Norm. Yeah. That we had a chance to talk about. It having, having them come together for this film. And then uh, I went and watched uh, The Roast of Bob Saget. I watched it again last night myself. Oh, did you? Oh man, the norm uh, part is so good. It's
1: so good. It's his own thing. It's so, and he wins everybody over because they kind of figure out what he's doing. He didn't want to roast Bob Saget. He didn't want to. Yeah.
0: So you get at first, you're like, these are these jokes are really lame, and you're like, okay, this is Norm, who's obviously always going to be committed, right? Uh, And then you start to realize that he's like, you know, you think the English Channel is, is a TV station or whatever instead of a, a body of water that's separating England and France and you're like that is the lamest joke ever and then you're like wait a minute that's the, this is his bit he's not roasting yeah. he's roasting him by not roasting him right oh it's brilliant right. and of course it was really funny you can you always count on Norm to come from a different angle you know always be the oddball mm. out always be the, the outsider he is just the most memorable set of the night Absolutely, like you can say,
1: did he mean to be funny? Did he mean to not be funny? Like, what was he doing there? But when you when you remember that night and you remember everyone said, the one that stands out the most
0: is Norm Macdonald. Yeah. Mm. So, yeah, I wish we could have seen. Uh, I remember thinking, oh man, are they going to make a dirty work too? Um, you ever see Screwed? With I
1: uh, know, uh, but I want to It sounds like a similar premise
0: Yeah, it was a couple years later, I want to say it was 2000 And it was um Dave yeah. Chappelle and Norm Macdonald
1: Dave Chappelle, Danny DeVito and Norm
0: Macdonald Yeah, Danny DeVito yeah. Really, really funny movie Very similar vibe to Dirty Work, obviously Because you got Norm in the front seat Which is funny how often those SNL movies
1: Would kind of do that I don't, know, I don't think Screwed counts as an SNL movie no. But um, Like the way that Tommy Boy and Black Sheep Had similarities there are some similarities with Billy Madison and Happy Gilmore, um, but I would say that this film, Happy Gilmore and Tommy Boy, big time similarities because of the device of needing to save the family with money, needing to come up with money to save the family. Yeah. You know what I mean? In Tommy Boy, it's it's sales of brake pads. In, in Happy Gilmore, it's saving grandma's house. And in this movie, it's about getting uh, dad a heart transplant. Right. There's always a, an interesting device and it works. And there's I this think rich and powerful and kind funny. of a rich and powerful
0: mogul at the top. Who's the villain. Right. Who's, who's getting in their way. Right. Yeah. Which I mean, not to get to uh, English class again, but you know, I'm going to, we're, we're dealing in a shrinking of the middle class right now. Uh, we get these tech billionaires emerging like Elon Musk, uh, Jeff Bezos, you know, we're seeing powerful people and we're seeing the shrinking of the middle class and people really having to scramble and get creative people are jumping into new lines of work a lot of jobs have been lost because of the pandemic so i don't know there's this kind of underdog story that i think really hits harder now with dirty work more than ever Mm -hmm. you know even more so back than when it came out even i mean we were seeing the rise of all these tech billionaires and whatnot but you know i really feel like there's this kind of every man the kind of joe schmoe element of these movies that really make them so great and like getting the Sticking it to the man element that are so powerful and fun to watch yeah. mm-hmm. and then doing it with comedy. You know, like you said, the practical jokes and um, sticking sticking to your superpowers. And what are your powers? You know, what do you got? What can you use? Right. What's what's your edge? Um, I don't know. I found myself watching it from a whole different vantage point this time. than Yeah. Yeah. yeah cuz also like when you think about it these guys are not these guys are total
1: losers in terms of how society defines them right like norm's right. character doesn't have a job they can't they can't keep pay their bills they can't they can't even afford to give a heart transplant to their dad they just they don't have a lot going on but you're right they have this superpower they have the ability to get people back with practical jokes and uh yeah, I love that as a power. <laughs> it's, it's yeah, I know. Beautiful. It's a beautiful thing. Are we gonna have? to... And, uh, and I love that they take like they use the power of humor to to help themselves make money and get what they. Yeah, need
0: yeah. Make. And to go back to normal, I I mean, like you said, his voice and his deadpan dryness, and it's like if you look at. The, the cadence of norm and then when he gets his laugh it's usually like well after he delivers it like it, it mm-hmm. takes people a while to realize is this guy really being serious he's saying it's so right. straightforward so deadpan you know and then it's a lot of times it's just the silliest dumbest joke like wrapped in the most brilliant joke right you know and it just takes a minute and you can hear the audience like needing a second for it to kind of ripple through and the laughter to come totally and uh you know and then he applies it like you said he brings that persona into the movie and just his dry 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 delivery (laughs) of some of the silliest things so good it's so funny
1: it's so funny one more shout out to norm uh he was he had a bit part on one of our more favorite recent shows the orville
0: oh my god right yeah fit his the reaction. alien
1: the alien blob amigo guy alien blob guy who and i remember there was a scene where he actually got to be on the show where they did like that whole bit where you could see the the actor in the in the what they call it the simulator it's right. the holiday right
0: i forgot about that yes yeah so there's a brief so moment good. where
1: where norm gets to be actually on the show physically and it's great that's and so season cool too
0: so i kn- i know they have the final season season 3 coming down the pike do you know if they've gotten his lines before his his I don't know I actually don't know yet yeah Orville's so great we're big Star Trek fans and it's such a Seth MacFarlane doing Star Trek and I really think he's nailing it and getting the humor ratio right right with the timing and yeah Norm MacDonald was a really great part of the show he plays this alien blob and then he just has that Norm voice you know and just Mm -hmm. again the dry delivery of fantastical stuff being just totally delivered perfectly from this amorphous amoeba creature with tentacles for arms. You know? It's so good. Ah, oh, it's brilliant. I'm He's really glad love he was the Doctor to... character. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Who's a, uh, an actress from Deep Space Nine? Cassie Yates. Eight.
2: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
0: it always comes back to Star Trek with us, no matter what, doesn't it, Adam? It can't help. We can't help it. It's always going to come back. We can't help it. ourselves. What are you mm. going to do? Uh, again, this was going to be the Undiscovered Country Podcast, but... We'll we'll get to it. We had to we had to take a minute to uh, we had to rediscover Dirty Work again. We had to rediscover Dirty Work. So are you and I going to have to write the uh, Dirty Work series and get that going? <laughs> I suppose we could. To honor to honor our get our, that get that going to honor the late Norm and Bob and and their contributions. It's crazy.
1: Some people keep pointing this out that of the three people, Artie Lang has outlasted Bob Saget and Norm McDonald, and that's really don't get me wrong really grateful that Artie's still here yeah me too but when you consider some of his life choices you wouldn't have thought that he would have been the one to outlast him but that's life sometimes I know but I am glad I am just glad that, that Artie's still here but uh, yeah very sad to lose Bob and Norm this, I know uh, the last, over these last few months and Bob in particular last week and um, it's just sad yeah I, just, I, he's, I, he's touched so many people and made such a positive impact on so many people's lives I know. either whether he's on stage making them laugh or off stage just being a good person because that seems to be the general consensus you know um, most often than not when a comedian is referred to as nice they weren't very funny uh, that's like the running gag if you're if you were remembered as the nicest person ever you weren't that funny because that's usually the, one, the first thing they should say is how funny you are but there's a lot of um, addenda to bringing up that about Bob because everyone knows that about Bob. He's the nicest person you're ever going to meet. Doesn't have a bad thing to say about anybody. And then they say, oh, by the way, he was also hilarious. Don't just don't forget that part. So to be both is rare, very very rare, and that's yeah. Bob. I
0: know. I love I love that great way to say it and. and honor him and yeah it's just it's like now we live in a world without him and it's just it's strange and i think yeah. that's when you know someone is so impactful and it's these these people are irreplaceable you know it's just it's such a as it hurts so darn much it's like we didn't really yep. unfortunately never got to meet the man um wish i could have but he touched me as he touched millions around the world just the same and uh yeah just bringing that bringing us into his world and really folding us into him himself and making himself open. And like you said, I think that's Mm -hmm. the nice element that it's, and it's rare. Yeah. So, ah, anyway, I'm so glad we have things to watch like his specials and his movies and be watching dirty work. Definitely more. I might watch it again in the coming weeks. Just, ah, it's so funny. Like we said,
1: everybody, if you have HBO, it's on HBO max. So check it out
0: Well, all right, brother. I'm happy to land there unless there's anything else you wanted to touch on. Um, That's it. I just kind of wanted to
1: catch up with my friend and say, hey, and I hope you and your family are doing well. And I missed you, bud.
0: Love you, bud. We got
1: to sit and chat today and talk about one of our all time favorite movies, one of the all time great comedy classics, Dirty Work. Check it out. If you haven't seen it, you owe yourself a viewing Um, as a stand up comedian. watch uh, how norm mcdonald sneaks his own act into parts of it because that's a lesson on how to do that if transitioning your stage persona onto screen and uh talk about direction this frequency of gags in this movie there are oh, a few films relentless that do it as well and as consistently as this one a lot of films try to do this as consistently but they don't land every joke in this movie lands And that's the beauty of Bob Saget's direction. And uh, the writing is the beauty of Norm MacDonald's comedy. And uh, we are so grateful to have this piece of art with us forever, even if Norm and Bob can't be here with us anymore. Uh, They've certainly left an indelible mark on us with Dirty Work. So check it out.
0: Oh, man. Yeah, well said. I know, right up until the very end. like, uh, Well, uh, and then Chevy Chase wasn't able to, they, they still killed him the bookie still murdered him yeah. so he's right. dead all right bye <laughs> and, it, and like even the very last beat of the movie is a joke they don't waste a
1: second even yeah. the last moment is hilarious
0: it's like they saved him they saved pops so it was a win but then the guy still died <laughs> <It was> like, <laughs> so he's dead so he's dead <laughs> goodbye and then the car just drives away at credits i mean it's brilliant it's brilliant I mean, just like that. So he's dead. It's just the matter-of-factness and the mm-hmm. throwing it out there and the plainness of his delivery. Just Yep. Through and through. Nails it. Nails it. Nails it. All right, brother. Love you a lot. Thank you so much for carving out some time today. Um, of and, course. Uh, I had a lot there. of
1: fun. I can't wait to listen to this. You know how much I love the sound of my own voice. So.
0: Oh, yeah. It's, well, it's beautiful. I'll take
1: breaks from watching Dirty Work to listen to this.
0: I know. Sorry, I'm a little stuffed up today from the rain, and I've been uh, a little stuffy. It's not. It's not the, it's no, not it's the Rona good. though. Don't worry, I'm good. <laughs> the
1: flu Rona. You don't got no flu Rona yet.
0: No flu Rona over here. <laughs> no flu Rona. Don't bitch. <laughs> <laughs> all right, brother. Love so you lots. Love you too, man. Talk soon. This was
1: a lot of fun. Thanks for listening to the show, everybody. If you want to find me online, just at Adam Furberg. Oh on yes. All platforms. Thank you. King of the Jews streaming on all music sites wherever you want to listen it's there um that's it that's all i got right now i'm just kind of laying low with uh, with the baby boy as omicron keeps hitting so when i don't got no shows coming up but i'm hoping to get to be hosting more stuff here pretty soon in the new year as things kind of die down a little bit i was supposed to be helping talma host some of his shows and uh i will be picking that up as omicron kind of subsides a little bit Got he's it. already there. He already got it. He and his family already got it. So,
0: so the is hook. that, is that,
1: yeah, right? Is that <laughs> so weird right now with this shit? Like, you, you hope you don't get it. If you get it, you hope it's mild. I guess his, in his, what they, what they dealt with was relatively mild. But also, they're good for like two or three months. You know what I mean? Because of antibodies.
0: Yeah. yeah. Even
1: with the, even with, and they're vaccinated too, and they still got it. So, we're just trying to be extra careful. It sucks, but that's, that's, that's the stupid disease for you. What are you going to do? No, you don't want it. You don't want it no yeah it's no but i love performing stand-up and i will be back out there soon and like i said i i owe some friends some stage time as well so um i'll see you back out there folks it'll it'll happen it'll happen
0: yes the world the world needs adam ferberg back up there but <laughs> it's okay it will happen in a timely fashion when uh things are i don't really feel like going out either so i'm cool chill right yeah. right right exactly the stakes, exactly. the Although I do are low, hope that you opinion. enjoyed
1: your... I know you, got, you had a, um, a late birthday party recently that I, I was unfortunately had to miss, but I hope you had fun. I hope you had a good I time. I did.
0: I did. It was really fun, and uh, yeah, we kept it small. No problem. No worries. I'm really glad I got to see you a couple times before the end of the year. That was amazing having you. So
1: Yes, yes, I'm di- I did too. I did too. And yeah.
0: by the way, we can still
1: do outdoor stuff. We can go play tennis sometime if you want, so...
0: Heck yeah, let's do it. Or go for a hike or let's something. Let's do
1: it. Yeah, that sounds like fun.
0: All right, let's do it, brother. All right, love you lots, Adam. You're the man. Thank you so much. It's good to have a comedian talking about comedian stuff, baby. Yeah. All right. Until next time, sir. Thank you.
1: Thanks, Andy. Thanks for listening, everybody. Love you guys. Talk to you all soon.